Hey friends, welcome back to the Friends of Cabrini podcast. You're now listening to episode 23 with your host, Jalisa. Before we get started, I want to share that this is absolutely one of my favorite episodes. I hope that you can walk away with lots of love and faith for your homeschool and for your family. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Friends of Cabrini podcast. You are now tuned in for a new episode with your host, Jalisa. So guys, today we have a special, special guest on. She is the founder and the lead teacher and lead baker of the Brainy Chef Club. In case you guys have not heard of this club, then you are absolutely missing out and get in tune with it. Is an online community for homeschoolers that love God, love good food, and that love to learn about healthy cooking and baking. Children also have the opportunity to learn about food science, home economics, business, geography, culture, everything you name it, name it in one space of integrated and interactive learning. Please help us to welcome the founder as well as homeschool mom of three, Miss. Maria Jessica Michael, how are you today? I'm doing great, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. You are phenomenal. And I want our listeners to know right now that they need to check out everything that you're doing on social media, on your YouTube channel, on your Instagram, Facebook. And if they're not connected with you on Clubhouse, please go and connect with her right now. <laughs> I I love everything that you're doing. I was able to catch your um, Clubhouse room um, one of the days this week. So I love that. I want to tell you that right now. Oh, thank I, you. I've been seeing everything that you've been doing and it's, it's so phenomenal. You have a background in biochemistry and biochemical engineering. And so for us that are just foreign to that, that language of science, yeah. uh, can you help with explaining exactly what that is? What is biochemistry and biochemical engineering? Well, biochemistry is a, is a life science. So it just deals with um, essentially how your body functions, the, the biology and the chemistry of human physiology and how, how that relates to disease also how that relates to aging and it goes, and the core uh, process that is um, studied in biochemistry is um, um, respira- um, respiration respiration so and it breaks it down right down to the cellular the cellular level um, so but the two degrees that I did um, they were separate biochemistry is a separate first degree and biochemical engineering was my master's degree um, and then after that, I went on to do another master's degree in food science, and that's how I landed in the food um, in the food industry. But going back to biochemical engineering, that's really more about um, industrial processes that produced biochemical products, such as the production of antibodies, for example, that comes under biochemical engineering, um, such as the fermentation process 
um, in industry that comes under biochemical engineering. Also, in terms of you know waste management plants and 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 you know stinky sewage plants, <laughs> there's a science <laughs> behind that. So that comes under biochemical engineering um, as well. And so does um, obviously bioweapons. Um, that comes under biochemical engineering. Wow, it is so amazing to just meet people from all walks of life. And I am, I feel like recently I have continuously learned that science is involved in just about everything that we love. Yes. And we don't even think of it, you know. Um, I know uh, someone else that I also follow on Clubhouse who is a professional athlete. He was saying how a lot of our athletes are actually scientists because science is involved in football and in basketball. And yes. so, you know, with what you're doing, obviously science is also involved in food. Yes. And I think this is, is so phenomenal. How did you get started with the Brainy Chef Club? Because it is so awesome what wow. you're doing. Thank you so much. It, the story actually goes back 15 years, although the Brainy Chef Club is a year old. Um, just, uh, to cut a long story short, when I had my first um, child, um, who's 15 now, I wanted to be home with him. And and by that time, I'd already had a, um, a career in um in laboratory sciences um so i was what you call a lab scientist at that time but i left that and i wanted to take care of him so i thought to myself okay but well, i need to have something i'm doing and lo and behold you know the lord gifted me with the, the, a love of baking and and cake decorating so i got into that and you know attempted to start a bit small business at home doing that um you know ups and downs as usual when you start something new but I persevered with it and then um as I got into into it I thought okay I want to be more serious about this so then I decided to go back to to uni university again I believe you call it college go back to um, university to do my um, master the second master's degree in food science because at that time I wanted to to go into food product development and create for my own recipes at home um, and be able to build a food production business um, from home while still being able to look after my children. So at this point, I'd already had my second child and my third child was on the way and I went back to to to, um, to study for that Master's in Food Science. So by the time my third child came, we're, we were into homeschooling now, very much so. And, you know, my children, naturally, because I'm a foodie, they became foodies too. And <laughs> I would, um, you know... I would just start to connect the dots, you know, as in because of what I studied with food science and, and, my, and my other um, degrees, especially the one in biochemistry and even the one in biochemical engineering, because it, part of the biochemical engineering degree, we did have um, a section that was dealing with um, um, functional foods. So whereby you, whereby they... Um, they engineer functionality into foods. Um, the simplest way to think about that is, you know, when they um, put um, um, vitamin additives in food. That's just the most basic way. Um, okay. And then even, even foods such as, you know, yeast, for example, is a biochemical engineered product. 
Um, so I started to see, connect the dots between biochemistry, the life sciences, like science of human life, the biochemical engineering and what goes on in industry and in food processing. And then with the, the food science, they all, it all started to come together because when we, we, we are very particular about our food. So, and then and naturally, I just started pointing certain things out to them. For example, if we were baking bread and we were using yeast and, you know, I would, I would ask them, why does the why is the dough rising? What's making the dough rise? And so then we would go to find out and it would be the, the, um, the fermentation reaction that's happening in the dough when the yeast are converting the sugars into carbon dioxide. So the, the carbon dioxide in that is a gas. It causes expansion bubbles inside the yeast, and that's what makes um, the the, um, the yeast the dough to rise. It causes the leavening, what you would call the leavening of the dough. So mm. that's what when you bake it, then it, it you get the soft and spongy sort of feel from the bread. So that was just that it was just like a light bulb moment. That wait a minute, I can combine everything that I've learned, everything that I know into um, teaching my children the core subjects, not just science, but also maths. And we, get, we, can, we even look at the history of food and um, look at um, figures who in, in, um, invented food um, inventions, for example. And one of the characters we studied was um, George Washington Carver, for example. So it just started to open up a whole new world of seeing how everything in everything can be integrated every type of learning every type of subject can be integrated into food so that was just how it all began really and and I thought wow when I started to do the lesson plans I thought you know other parents could benefit from this to bring this all together but also it's the most delicious way of learning it truly is the most delicious way of learning so mm-hmm. that, that's pretty much how how we started I love that you I literally was thinking right before you said it I was like George Washington Carver yeah. and I was actually I was going to ask like what what connection uh, have you made with him and, and others um, um, you know like him or like yourself but you just said it I think that is so amazing and I think you're absolutely right it does go together I don't I see, you know, we have these <laughs> connections. I absolutely see the connection, which is awesome. So, yeah. you know, you mentioned that you're a mom of three. Yeah. Um, how old are your, your children right now? They are 15, 13, and 9. 15, okay. 13. Yeah. And have you homeschooled? Have they been homeschooled the entire time? Or did they have any public schooling in there? Um, my, interestingly, when, when my first child was born, um, you know, I sort of stumbled on, on homeschooling. Over here, we call it home education. But mm-hmm. I, I sort of stumbled on it. Um, I didn't even know anything about it. It wasn't something that was on my radar. But I always had this feeling when he turned about five that I didn't want him to go to school. I had a very sick feeling in my gut. <laughs> and I just didn't want him to go to school in the sense that, you know, I just thought, you know, I wanted to be the one to teach him and to show him all these things. Um, but he had gone to, like, um, I believe you call it kindergarten every, every now and again. Um, so I didn't want to send it, but I didn't know anything about homeschooling at the time. I didn't know it was legal to do it here. I didn't know anything. So I stalled and delayed registering him for school by a year, um, which we can do in this country. And then um, when it was time for him to go, he... Um, 
he went but to be honest he didn't last four weeks in there because wow. not because not because of him but because during that time I stumbled upon um the book by John Holt how children learn and I started to read it and when I started to read it I started to you know do searches online about it and then I stumbled on the fact that yes you can home educate your children in this country so when an, an incident happened with him in school it didn't last four weeks I just I just withdrew him um, from school so he's 15 now and the my my middle child and my younger my youngest has never been um to um a, into the school system my middle daughter at one point she did go into the school system um, when we moved into um, moved to a new, a new city at the time and I needed to just settle us settle us in first before I could concentrate on homeschooling so maybe for like a couple of years or so she um, was in the school system um, and we were lucky because the school was a very um, was a very good school but when it was time to take her out it, it was time to, to, to take to take them out yeah so pretty much yeah that that is so amazing i love that you said that you um stumbled upon it in the book you know kind of helped you to segue into homeschooling because that's usually how it starts we usually find something that we read it's interesting right or there is some type of um scenario or situation that happens with our children and then thus we are kind of propelled <laughs> yeah and this new journey of home education so you know that is so awesome um i i, I know or i didn't get a chance to ask earlier but maybe for our listeners they're probably picking up on your accent so would you mind sharing where you are and, and what it's like to do home education there well i'm in london london in the united kingdom and um, as I said before, here they call it home education. Some people call it life school. Some people like to say it's um, education otherwise or educa- education outside of school. Um, so different people have different names for it. Um, it's it's great. It's it, it's great. Obviously, the industry is not as big <laughs> as it is in the United States, but it's um, it's a very community orientated um industry here and there's a lot of camaraderie and support and encouragement and usually if any issues arise as in to do with legislation anything like that the communities around the country are very good at rising up um to um to come against it so yeah Are there any particular legislations that are, you know, in place right now for home educators? Well, I mean, surprisingly, actually, the United Kingdom is actually one of the last um, countries in the world where, you know, home educators still pretty much have a free, um, a free um, chance to to home educate. There isn't any type of register or any type of um, um, monitoring as such of home educators um, that is in, that it is in legislation. Um, so it's 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 one of the is one of the great countries to which home educate your children. However, there are moves by a government to try to um, 
bring in a sort of a national register but that's not something that's in effect right now and it's pretty much something that a lot of home educators are or homeschoolers are fighting against um so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's where we are right now that is that is interesting um were you you know what was your your educational experience like were you home home educated or did you attend the public schools there um I, definitely not home educated <laughs> I mean, if you knew my background definitely not home educated because my parents are um, Nigerians and Nigerians home education is a very alien term uh, or homeschooling is a very alien term to Nigerians um, really? because, yes because in Nigerian culture it's very much about going to school and you know very much about academia and academics and the only way that the majority of people have been trained to believe that can be achieved is through school system. Um, so there isn't um, a lot of um, awareness, and even if there is, or a lot of understanding or support regarding homeschooling within the Nigerian industry. So definitely, I would not have been um, homeschooled <laughs> in any type wow. of shape, shape or form. So I did go to school. I went to school in two different in two different countries and two different continents. So I um I was I was in primary school in Nigeria in Lagos, and then um, came back to England um, for high school. So I went through the entire system, you know, primary school, high school, you know, college, the whole the whole shebang, the whole shebang, yeah. I'm loving this conversation with Ms. Maria. Are you? Go ahead right now and follow the Brainy Chef Club on all of your social media platforms. Let's get back to the episode. Wow, that's amazing. It's interesting that you you mentioned the Nigerian culture because now I'm I'm curious, you know, you know, um, as a parent, like, did you face any, I want to say maybe any backlash or any, you know, criticism for choosing to homeschool your your children and not really following what the societal view is? Yes, I mean, I wouldn't say the word backlash or um opposition but I, I would say that there just wasn't any um understanding because you know it's 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 not something that that you know they could comprehend it's not something um that they could comprehend simply like that so it's not it's not um let me put it this way i don't i haven't met a lot of people who are from my African heritage in the United Kingdom who home educate their children. Um, very few and far between. Perhaps maybe I've met two. <laughs> two in the years I've been um, um, home educating. So it's not something that's 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 um, a common practice. Yeah. Well, I absolutely do hope that um, for any of our listeners that may also have a Nigerian a Nigerian heritage, that this would be absolutely helpful to them because I honestly think that what you are doing um, with your children in home education is, is very important and you're as you mentioned earlier you are kind of somewhat blending in 
a lot yes. of things that a lot of concepts and things that we typically would learn um, mm-hmm. or maybe they should be learning in a public school setting but mm-hmm. sometimes they're not learning those things you know um, yes. and you're doing it in a fun way where they can explore a lot with food science and, and the things that we eat and our bodies and how important it is to make sure that what you are intaking and putting into your body is natural, it's healthy, it's going to be beneficial for your life. It's, you know, longstanding. So yes. I, I think what you're doing is awesome. I'm Thank here to say continue it, to continue to push forward um, and, and go go for the, the gusto, as they would say. <laughs> <laughs> go for it because I, I think you have started a journey on something that is very important and it's a small niche you know um and I think I can see the longevity of your business and what you're doing you know Um, I can can absolutely see how it will benefit your children personally as well as other children as well so you know I I usually like to ask uh, some of our guests how do they define themselves as an educator but you seem just to be so well-rounded and so versed in some <laughs> of everything. So how, how would you define yourself as an educator? I would say that I teach about life um, because it, it, it encompasses everything. So even when we do what we do at the Brain Chef Club, for my own children, you know, it started with me just wanting to educate my own children and to bring everything about life together. So it's not just about food. It's also about, you know, the academics. It's also about business because they are my co-founders for the Brainy Chef Club. My adolescent children are my co-founders. Um, so behind the scenes, they are learning how to build a business. Um, so besides business, it's also about discipleship as well. And also about food discipleship as well, how to eat well, how to eat right. Um, so it encompasses so many things. So I, I would say as an educator, I teach um, about life, how to do life. That's what I would say. I love that you, you mentioned that they're learning how to build a business. And that's actually what me and my son are doing as well here with Friends of Kini. And then he's, he's recently started on his own little ventures that he's working on as well in that is something that we are not seeing enough of, of young yes. people that are starting businesses or have simply have the entrepreneurial mindset where they can possibly help to, to change the trajectory, you know, of the family unit as a whole, yes. not just as a family, but individually, you know, for themselves as well. And I think that's so important. Can you, can you speak to um, the importance that you have found for your children to also have that entrepreneurial mindset and and where do you think it might lead them to later on in their lives? It's so important. It's so important, especially um, for the times that we are in um, and that we are going into. To be self-sufficient is so, so important. But I even take it one step further with my children and teach them to be God-sufficient as well. Um, being an entrepreneur you have to be able to um sustain yourself in this world and they they love it and they have learned they they are learning and they have learned from a very young age this importance of being able 
to um, sustain yourself, being able to see the opportunities, the entrepreneurial opportunities in things, the importance, the importance of being a problem solver, the importance of seeing the reward, the monetary reward you can get from solving problems, the um, the importance of critical thinking. So it all it all comes together. The entrepreneur developing the entrepreneurial mindset in in a child early is one of the greatest gifts you can give your child. It's truly one of the greatest gifts you can give your child, um, second to the knowledge of God, in my opinion. So um, it's so important because they have to know how to survive. They have to know how to survive. Yes. Yeah. I agree. That's why that's why we're all about here at Sons of is allowing um, the children and, and helping them to become not only free thinkers but to become of to become very self sufficient as well. I agree with you one hundred percent on that. Was there anyone in your family that kind of influenced you in that way as a child? Because I know for me, my first uh, journey through entrepreneurship was when I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. And I was introduced to entrepreneurship through an after-school program. Um, I, I never learned it at home. I never learned it in school. And I was, I was, I remember being in high school, my freshman, or no, I'm sorry, my sophomore year. And I was on the basketball team. And I had came across this entrepreneurship club that allowed for us to make money in real time. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, you know, I of course, like, who doesn't love money? And, um, you know, I spent so much more time, like, getting to develop a business plan. And I just fell in love with it. It, like, it grasped my attention so well that I ultimately ended up quitting basketball. And, you know, like, even though I still love basketball today, but I think I realized, like, as a teen, basketball wasn't going to be the end all be all for me. And I, I think I knew, like, something else would be that thing for me. And I guess it ended up being this, you know, entrepreneurship. So was there anyone that you had come across, uh, maybe in your adolescent uh, years that, kind of influenced you to go this route and you just you know you didn't really quite think of it then but it was just something and now you're realizing like oh yeah <laughs> like yeah. it was all connected in your life yeah I mean I, I, I can think of a number of, of things that really um, instilled the um, the entrepreneurship mindset or the entrepreneurial mindset in me but the the, the, the one the earliest one is when I was a child growing up in Lagos in Nigeria because of the society that, that we live in there if you don't work you don't eat and there, it's not the government doesn't um, you can't afford to wait for the government or um, or wait for somebody else to to feed you so in the environment that I grew up in as a child I would see you know street hawkers you know with you know their, their snacks and their in, in, on top, they, they would carry it on top of their heads in trays and walk by cars in traffic and sell it to them, um, sell to the passengers in the, in the in the in the cars or in the in the buses. So I, w- I was I knew about you know buying and selling and and about trading. I I grew up in the country where I would see street food traders and and everybody just 
waking up early in the morning, 5 a.m., everybody, everybody's already out the door for 5 a.m. to go and to hustle for the day. So I grew up knowing that, you know, you can. It wasn't even something that was a question. It wasn't something. It was it was normal. It was it was normality to, to be able to go out and to have businesses and to trade, whether they're trading a product or they're trading a service or they're doing something. So now when we moved to England um, when I was about nine, I was born in England, but my, my, my parents took me back to Nigeria to raise me for a number of years um, when I was a baby. And then when we moved back to England when I was about nine, ten, now come to the shift whereby in England, it's very much of a worker's um, country. It's very much about the, the paycheck, the, the, the salary and what somebody else is giving you. The, the entrepreneurial drive is not as strong as what I had seen in Lagos, in Lagos, Nigeria. But obviously there were still entrepreneurs here, but it was just so different. So I I just went into the you know the school system. My parents went to work for other people. So that just became we got into the nine to five sort of um um lifestyle. And then when I was about 12 years old, um a gentleman came to the church that we we're going to at the time and he said he was doing a, a two-week course for um 12 year olds to 14 year olds um mm. over the summer, over the summer holidays to teach them about entrepreneurship. So my mother, um, I don't know what made her sign me up. She signed me up for that two for those two weeks. And I went to do through the um the little um, the program with him. And if there's anything I remember from those two weeks, it's just this one statement. He, he drilled it into us. He just kept drilling it into us. We had to recite it every single day. That even now, as an old woman, I still remember it. He said, what's the one rule of entrepreneurship? And he would say, it's, and we would reply him, buy low, sell high. <laughs> like, I still remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that buy low, sell high. So, and, and, you know, I went through that program and at the end of the program, we had to um, do a business plan, like a mock-up business plan of a business idea that we had and we wanted to start. So what came to mind to me was to um, have like a, a, a market, market store mm-hmm. where I sell clothes. So I did a business plan based upon that. And Me I want a prize. I want a prize. I want a prize, which is awesome. So that that just seeded it. That just um, it, that seeded, you know, the because it kept praising my, my business plan and it kept it just wouldn't stop talking about it. And I just seeded seeded in me that, you know, maybe I could be I could be um an entrepreneur and things like that. So that was what really seeded it, yeah, for me when I was twelve. Yeah. That is that is so funny how like we have very similar um, experiences. My my after school program was sponsored by uh, this this uh, program called NIFI. It's a national program here in the United States, um, and it's uh, stands for uh, National Foundation for Teaching Entrepreneurship. And so it was kind of this thing. Oh, wow. It was, it was kind of the same exact thing where it's, it's you know, uh, 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 buy low, sell high. And the wow. business plan, and we did the business plan, and I literally did, like, the same business plan <laughs> as you <laughs> with selling clothes. I had wanted, I had initially, um, you know, as a young child, I had always wanted to be a fashion designer. And I always yeah, me used to too. Sketch. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I always used to sketch and draw clothes and everything. So I was like, oh, you know, they. I was encouraged to go with something that I like. So I was like, this is something I like. I want to have my own clothing line. Wow. Oh my god, 
yes, yes. Wow, it wow. it's amazing you say that because I used to sketch as well. I used to sketch. Yeah, as well as, yeah. Do I you still sketches? Actually, you still have yours from when I was at 10, 12 years old. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, we are like the same person. <laughs> I still have mine. I have, uh, my son has, this is so funny, in his room he has like in his his bed, um, the headboard, he has like two little cubby areas where you can just put, I have my sketchbooks in there. Wow. Wow. I still have them. And and he came upon them maybe just like about a year ago. And he was like, mommy, what's the, he finally opened this little cubby part. And he had never opened it this entire time. <laughs> and he was like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, you know, this is actually my sketchbooks from when I was 14 and 15 and 16 and so forth. And wow. it's so amazing. Yeah, it, it's so amazing just to look at your own life, right? And just see yeah. how far you have come. And it's like... When we look at our children and we're homeschooling our children, it's like you're excited to see what they're gonna do because yeah. you just know that it might be something similar or, or different or, or greater, you know. But that is so awesome. We have the same life. <laughs> we have the same life. We had business plan competitions and all that stuff. We were um, awarded with trips to uh, Washington. I'm sorry, to not Washington D.C. to uh, New York City. And I ultimately end up meeting my best friend there. She was my roommate. Wow. And yeah, so we've been friends ever since then. And wow. I know she's gonna I know she's gonna listen to this and be like, Yes, we did all of that stuff as kids. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was so funny. Yeah, but no, you're you're I agree with you hundred percent. I think entrepreneurship, just the entrepreneurial spirit is so important. And I'm so happy to hear that you had that exposure very early on because a lot of us you know usually don't we don't get a chance to do that and you know I I have enjoyed um I've had a career in uh public service and and nonprofits, and I've been able to really enjoy bringing my son to work with me so Mm -hmm. he can see what I'm doing This summer, we had a um, entrepreneurship class with Friends of Cabrini, mm-hmm. where the littles learned about, you know, of course, learned about how to develop and create their own business plans. And they made, um, you know, websites and YouTube channels. And then they also developed their own uh, sales pitch for why their, biz- why their businesses were the best. So I, I thought about my experiences as mm-hmm. a teen, you know, and like how you said, like, that exposure and I was like I want to give them this exposure because they're not gonna get this anywhere else especially in a public school setting (laughs) yes they're not they don't get it in the public school system because that's yeah it's so it's so it's just it's so awesome and so amazing and again I just love what you're doing over there um with the Brandy Chef Club so you know I was looking at your link tree that you, you shared with me earlier. And I came across something that was even, I feel, a little bit more special um, to you and very much so to others as well. Your 
your charity initiative with the uh, Shepherd's Soup Kitchen because I feel that it is so important to help provide food to those that are in need and that, you know, don't really have the means to buy food. Um, how can we help, you know, with your initiative in, in your charity project? Wow, thank you so much. Thank you so much for um for noticing that. <laughs> um, so that's something that um I just started to um to begin to campaign for, um, to crowdfund for. So the Shepherd's Soup Kitchen is um a startup um charity that I'm hoping to start start up by the winter. Um, because of the food shortages that we already started to see. And even with the things that are going to be happening in this country, in the UK, which would also be echoed in, in the United States as well, um, with the food scarcity and, and reduced food availability, and also with the food inflation, uh, um, a lot of people are going to be struggling. And, you know, the Lord put it on my heart to um, have a soup kitchen for them in, to start in the winter time. Um, so I'm hoping to be able to launch that in November. And the plan is that the profits from the Brainy Chef Club will be going into that um, and to keep it going, keep it running, to help to feed um, poor people in, in, in our area, in, in, our, in our city. Wow. I hope that our, listening, our listeners are definitely listening and tuning in right now. Um, folks, if you are listening right now, please go ahead and click on to the Brainy Chef Club's link tree, you will find a lot of information about the Shepherd's Soup Kitchen. Please do give a donation. This is very important. And as you said, you know, there are food deserts that are not just in the United States, they're around the world, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's it's unfortunate that we can't always see that our, our children and our elders are being fed and they're doing without and that, that's important and then you know with the increase of prices of food you know we're gonna like you said we're, I, I do agree with you I think there might be an increase I think that's important I definitely will be donating to your cause and I hope that our listeners are as well um thank you that means a lot to me thank you so much yeah as we as we continue to talk i am hearing a whole lot about the importance of faith yeah um and the importance of faith when it comes to just about everything not just Mm -hmm. in business but when it comes to everything how has your faith played a role in homeschooling your children and what tips would you give to others Um, as far as with keeping their faith, regardless of what their beliefs may be or what religion um, they may, um, you know, um, connect with. What what tips would you share as as far as like with keeping your faith in front of you when it comes to homeschooling your children and running a business as well? First of all, my faith has played a humongous, <laughs> a humongous role um, in homeschooling um, my children, and I'm very much directed um, by it. I believe that you know, as homeschoolers, we have to have a natural high level of belief 
because we're going against the grain. We're taking the road less traveled. So already we. A particular type of people who who homeschool. People who homeschool are a particular type of people. And we are, you know, the the renegades, we are the trailblazers, we are the ones who are willing to step out on the limb to do the things that others are not willing to do. And we have to have faith that everything that we are doing, that it will work out, not just work out um just to work out, but work out brilliantly. And it will work brilliantly in the favor of our children. So faith is so important. Faith is so important. You have to, faith essentially means trust. You have to trust that everything you're putting into homeschooling your children, the sacrifice you're putting into it, that it will all pay off, that it will all work out for you and for them, and that you will be glad in the end. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in for today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the Friends of Cabrini podcast right here on Spotify and any of your other listening servers. Now back to the episode. For us, I believe that faith, you know, definitely influences our unschooled journey as to what we should discover. And Mm -hmm. I I think I've been very happy to have my son come to me and say that he was actually interested in learning a little bit more about the business of church Mm -hmm. um, and how, you know, things work as far as with tithing and, uh, you know, just in connection to the government, how Mm -hmm. certain how certain uh, sermons are are taught and, and whatnot. And so. We haven't dived into it just yet, but mm-hmm. um, I want to definitely allow him to explore that space. And even with my children, even when it comes to um, discipleship, because at its core, at its essence, education is discipleship. So even when it comes to disciples with my children, I don't make it complicated. There's only one thing that I want them to learn or to know how to do, which is how to hear the voice of the Lord. Wow, I feel like we have the same life. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what I'm doing with my son as well, you know, um, you know, definitely that we've, we've started to have a little bit more conversations also about his confidence and mm-hmm. my son wants to be, he actually wants to be an engineer. Um, wow. he wants to be, yeah, he wants to be a mechanical engineer. I, I think he's between like mechanical and electric engineering because wow. he, he's, he's really interested in trains. So he's, you know, in that Avenue, mm-hmm. um, but he's also interested in acting. And wow. he just he just recently had his uh, second audition. He thought it was his first, but I had to tell him that he ended up actually having one when he was two, but he didn't wow. know. That. <laughs> <laughs> so he ended up having his second audition, and it went really well for 
Um, That's good. But yeah, but he was he was so nervous, and I was just like, you know, use the audition as an opportunity for you to connect with God, and mm. and it's about having faith in yourself, and also having faith in God. It's not about you know um, the reading the lines correctly and all that stuff because all actors make mistakes, and there's always retakes. Yeah. But it's about can you present your personality to this character or to this role as best as you can no one can do you and be you only you are you so you should have enough faith not only in god but have enough faith in yourself and Mm -hmm. then trust trust in god to lead you the right way and to guide your gift the right way that it needs to be guided you know so yes So, you know, we've started to have those conversations as it relates to not just faith, but, you know, also um, instilling confidence as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a single mom. And so, you know, recently, I we, these I would say situations have occurred where my son has expressed he wasn't as confident in some things as he would be in others. Mm-hmm. And I, it always ties into that faith. And I'm mm-hmm. always letting him know, you know, like, even though I know that your dad is not directly here to do a whole lot of things, mm-hmm. I think that it has opened up a space for you to connect uh, mostly with God. Yes, it has. Almost in every way. And so yes. just kind of to, trying to um, have him understand that his faith is definitely important, is key. So it's, you yeah. know, um, can I can you, I just say something about what you what you just said? Oh yes, absolutely. So um, so with me as well, um, I, I'm raising my children alone, but I like to say that I'm co-parenting with God. To to see the Lord as their father for him to become real because he is a father of all so really he is the father the their father they come from him so right. the, that's why it's so important for them to hear the voice of the lord so that the lord can be um made real in their lives and he can become real to them because even for me when i was growing up there was a season in my life when my father um was not around but what really steadied me and grounded me was my belief and my faith in the Lord and the fact that the Lord my relationship with the Lord grew and he's he led me so therefore he filled that void and that gap because the things that I needed to learn what the Father would have taught me the Lord taught me so I just wanted to say that what you just said and what we help people to do at the Brainy Chef Club is to turn your kitchen into a classroom you'll be amazed not just with the food alone for example my youngest son he's into um mechanics as well so he's into okay. things into things that have motors and and all these type of things so even in our kitchen with the electrical stuff like the the, the blender the, the liquidizer that those are lessons in themselves apart from the food 
and then you have water in your kitchen there was a day um, me and my children we um studied about water not just the chemical aspect of water or looking at um we did research about a charity that um i think because it's called charity water and we looked at the work that they do and that sees something in the heart of my daughter that she said that one day she wants to dig a well for a village and then there was another time we looked at the spiritual aspects of water and the fact that you know water is alive and we found um um science videos on youtube where they had taken photographs uh, microscopic photographs of water and molecules and they play different sounds and the water crystals change formation according to the sounds that were being played so there, wow. there's so many you're, you're, yeah you should find that video on youtube <laughs> I will save you I am, i'm interested i'm writing this down <laughs> is that wow. so and they even in the experiment that they conducted they um they so, so they would have people speak certain words um over the water like sad or, or or bitter and then they would say like good words like love and happy and then they would look um under the microscope at the how the 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 water molecules change formation and it it, it would just blow your mind when you see when people were um speaking about love loving things and happiness the water um um molecules they were so lined up and perfectly aligned and beautiful and then in the other part when you were dealing with sad stuff and 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 bitter stuff and anger they were in a haphazard formation and it was just me and my children was like whoa just looking so they understood that day that water is alive Everything that I've been learning about the connection with food and things that in water and, and drinks and things that you put in your body has a definite connection or it, it parallels with how you feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh, your it mood, does. your just the arrangement of your day. It seems yes. like. <laughs> wow, yes, that is amazing. So I would say definitely start in the kitchen. Start in the kitchen. With the food, <laughs> with the water, you know, even simple things like teaching your children about, you know, meal planning and food budgeting, um, teaching them about how food is grown. That's another thing we're going to start to do in the Brainy Chef Club is to um, grow food. And the other thing that we um, have done in the past is to go foraging for food. So going out to look at wild food, wild edible food. And okay. so even now... So August and September um, is blackberry season. So we are, last year we went um, foraging for blackberries, wild blackberries, and then we made um, blackberry jam um, as part of the British Chef Club. And we, I gave that as an assignment for the for the students to go foraging. And I told, them to, I told them the best ones to pick and how to pick them and then show them how to make homemade jam with it. And it was oh. the most delicious jam ever. It's better than the store. I'm telling you right now, I did not know that this was blackberry season. (laughs) (laughs) And you just made it sound so just illustrious and so amazing. And I'm like, I want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So there's so much you can do when you start in the kitchen. I feel like I'm so behind on when it comes to my food science and just learning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so I'm so happy to have you on. Absolutely, my son and I will be connecting with you. So 
we definitely look out for us getting a membership because we're going to be there. We need to learn this stuff. Um, and I know my son is going to love it. I am not like one for, uh, how do we say, cooking. You know, I feel like I will cook. Yeah. But I I feel like I cook just because to be hungry. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah <laughs> there's yeah. a need. There's just a need to eat. But cooking for nutrition, I think mm-hmm. is different. Because it's more than just about t- like making the food taste good. It's it yeah. feels like there's love in mm-hmm. and how do you how do you express that with your children? How do you let them know that cooking is not just about feeding yourself, but it's it's more than just that. I mean, I, I've taught them from very young that you know you have to have a relationship a relationship with your food. And again, going back to my initial upbringing in in nigeria lagos you know it wasn't uncommon for me to to have to see chickens in our yard you know walking around or and you know when we wanted to eat them we would um obviously do what was necessary and then (laughs) and you know they would cook them but i saw those chickens i know i know what they ate as that they would follow me around chasing me when i was little you know you know, we had food growing in our backyard, plants growing in our backyard. So I grew up with the sense of having a relationship with your food. You knew where your food came from versus now moving to the UK where everything is very much industrialized and there's disconnect from where your food came from, the source of it, and and it landing on your plate. So it's something that I've tried to teach my children that you really have to know where your food is coming from and take um, responsibility for that. And even beyond that now, when you do get the food into the kitchen, you should, because we cook together, together, or even if I'm not there, my older children, they cook together. There's a there's an ease, there's a, there's a, a togetherness, there's a bonding, there's a fun that... Um, that is attached to the cooking and also because of, of the business that we have because we're in the business of food we have fun in the kitchen together um we make funny videos we make, we make reels we do um social media posts so all that stuff is, is it all comes together to um add fun to it so there is a, a lot of love attached to our this episode is so so good friends go ahead and bookmark the brainy chef club in your browser right now go to linktree backslash the brainy chef club now you don't want to miss the rest of this episode but we also love food as well i mean we really enjoy our food and we watch food shows (laughs) together and you know we just we just enjoy food in our house so food is something that we treasure and we and i've and i've taught them to to really take their time in the cooking process and to enjoy the cooking process and and the preparation process and to slow down not to be so reliant on having like to cook something really quickly or have something really fast and and that type of um mentality that we that we grew up with but we need to slow down and to enjoy the beauty and the gift that is food because food is a gift um yes. that man, mankind was given yeah 
I agree. I agree with you on that. It is so amazing. I feel like we have the same lives. I've I've definitely wow. started to tell my son a lot more about how we we need to get. I or not we, but I because <laughs> I'm I'm the I'm the one that has to cook, right? So mm-hmm. oh, I need to get in the habit of cooking. I literally like this week. I kid you not. We had a microwave, and I literally like unplugged the microwave and took scissors to the cord and I was like Yay. okay no more <laughs> no more microwave and he looked at me like mom you're crazy <laughs> Yay. you and, definitely enjoy the brain shuffle of both of you because I found yeah that parent and I, and I- and I told him, I'm, I told him, you know, this, this whole summer, like I've been telling him, I was like, we're going to cut back on uh, fast food, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's bad. It's horrible. We had did a cheese unit about a year or two ago and mm-hmm. just learning how the different cheeses that are sold in the grocers here and some of the fast food places is fake. It's plastic. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, no. So, you know, we I decided like this this has to be it. Not just for uh, you know, proper eating, setting proper eating habits and healthy eating habits, but also for health reasons. Um, you know, members of our, our family have suffered from either diabetes or um heart attacks and high cholesterol and things like that. So I'm trying to like fight and combat that now before it gets to, you know, to a point where it becomes out of hand. And, um, you know, I just took scissors to the microwave and he's just like, mom, you're crazy. <laughs> and, for you. I, and I, and I told him, I was like, well, you know what? I feel like this is punishment because in order to be serious about having a healthy eating lifestyle, mm-hmm. that means we have to cook. Yeah. And that also means, or that means I have to cook. And that also means that I have to meal prep and I let him know, like, we're going to be cooking. I'm, we're going to be cooking together. I'm going to be leading it with cooking. And mm-hmm. we're going to go prep. We're going to figure this out together. Even if I don't know all the way what to do, mm-hmm. we're going to learn together. So, you know, unschooling for him is child-led learning. It's exploration for him. For mm-hmm. me, it's it has now become learning things that I either missed or I did not know or I was mm-hmm. not able to get taught. And yeah. learning it with my son. My yeah. my mother and my grandmother passed very early um, in their lives. So some of the things that I would have gotten from them at this point, you know, in order to get from my son, I, I'm not getting. So mm-hmm. it's just like now unschooling for me has also become learning how to do things and how to lead and guide my son the right way. And yeah. it, like you said, it starts in the kitchen. I think mm-hmm. that's the best place. You know, another thing that we have uh, discovered about is the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I was, I was like, wow. Um, because I said, son, I told him, I said, son, let's start drinking, drinking more like spring water. And so we drink spring water instead of the tap water or purified water. And mm-hmm. we've tasted the difference like mm-hmm. over the past couple of months. And he's like, mom, I don't like those purified water bottles. It's it's like you can taste something in it. And I was yeah. like, you're right. I I feel that. Like it's something, I don't know what it is. But it's, yeah. 
So yeah, thank yep, you for mentioning that because we're we're absolutely going to explore this water thing now because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what, water, yeah, water is so um, it's just, it's one of those things that we just overlook, but even if you think about it, you know, in the Bible, water was first mentioned before anything else was created. Yeah, and, um, it, it, um, it really truly is a source of life. I mean, we are we are ninety percent water. Um, human being so you know it's something we need water water even more than we need food um so it's something that we really have to um make sure that we're putting the right water um yeah in in our bodies yeah 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 you're you're absolutely right I've mentioned that to him and you know you also mentioned about knowing where your food comes from yeah and I think that's also what has been triggering me personally on this idea of my son and I need to eat healthier and we need not only do we need to eat healthier we just we just need to make it at home like no more um street food no more fast food no more going to restaurants I don't I don't even care if it is a nice restaurant Mm -hmm. it just needs Mm -hmm. to be made at home you know and Mm -hmm. I remember having a conversation with him a couple months ago and I was explaining to him about um beef and pork and I told him I said if we go to a restaurant and they ask you what do you want and my son loves to order his own food and so if I they ask you what do you want and if they you're offered a burger or something I said I think you need to explain where the burger comes from but in order to know where the beef comes from you actually have to know and so that ended up like allowing me to have a conversation with him about the life cycle Mm -hmm. of animals and us as well because I told him I was like you know that beef comes from a cow but then Mm -hmm. what has the cow eaten exactly we we don't know you know or that pork comes from the pig what has the pig eaten we don't know and I explained to him I was like when if you think of yourself as a pig even if you just imagine a pig in your mind or think of yourself as one you're they're facing downward so anything that's on the ground it's it's mud it's feces it's grass it's whatever it's trash whatever it is they're in taking that into their bodies and when Mm -hmm. they are butchered up all of that stuff is what you're getting (laughs) and as soon as I explained that to him his face like he made this facial expression (laughs) like what what and I was like so and I told him I said so this is why I have been on this this push of like we're not going to eat certain meats anymore because you know it's just it's a uh uh-uh and he's like okay so I'm not getting burgers anymore I was like even though you love burgers and believe me he loves he's a burger kid he loves burgers Mm -hmm. but he's Mm -hmm. like okay mom so I gotta get pasta or something now (laughs) like yeah let's let's get something with pasta let's try it <laughs> so, oh it's not that bad it's so funny it's just yeah. so funny and you know you, and then I'm trying to I'm trying to wave him off of sweet I'm trying to wave myself off of sweet it's so hard you know yeah. um so we've already we've already hit the dairy mark where it's no dairy. We're now hitting the meat mark where there's no beef or pork. And mm. I'm just like, as soon as I can convince him about that chocolate and candy, <laughs> mm. 
He's gonna be like, well, mommy, what can we eat? <laughs> Join the Brandy Chef Club and I'll show you what you can eat. <laughs> yes, yes, we absolutely are. Wow, so it's been so fun talking to you this morning. And, you I know, so I always like to to end our um, in our chats with a amazing and fun question. Okay. Um, my first first part of the question is: Are you a lover of like '90s, '70s, or '80s culture? And that can be television, or music, or anything of either of those decades. I would say 1980s. 80s, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So now here is the final question. <laughs> this is like Jeopardy. Final question. Okay. Okay. Um. So what is either, what's something from the 80s culture that you would say is a representation of your home, your home education with your family? So that could be either a TV show or music or, or something else. I would say music, definitely music. Um, our home is called Colorful. It is um, chilled, um, no drama. Um, no high tech <laughs> not too much high tech um, it's just fun and that's what I think about when I think about 80s music it, um, compared to you know the way music is now or the way we live now it was just more fun more more natural, more outdoors more colourful and more at ease Yeah. so I would say that's what our homeschooling is like Is there a particular song that you think of when you think of your home education? Do you know, for some reason, I have a picture in my mind of like, um, like a man group. I wouldn't say it's a boy band group because they were boys then. <laughs> like the man yeah. group, and, and and they're like wearing um, shirts and, and you know, they look, I can't I can't think of their name, but they're wearing shirts. You know, they, they really used to wear shirts in eighties where the they started unbuttoning yes. shirts a little bit, and they're yes. colorful and they're all together and they and they're just making fun videos. But I can't think of the name of the band. <laughs> I can't for, for the life of me it's escaped me but that's what I have a picture in my head when, you, when I think about our homeschooling it's just they're colourful and, and they're, they're just walking down the street the sun is shining they're happy they're greeting people talking to people um, yeah that's how I think about our homeschooling it's just easy it's just natural and we're just being ourselves and learning how to do life being ourselves so that we can truly become ourselves that's what I, I think about when I think about homeschooling. Nice, awesome. Yeah. I would say, I guess I'm I um I'm a '90s kid. I grew. I actually was born in 1990, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm I'm a '90s culture. But mm-hmm. I know of, of course, some of the things from the, the prior decades. So mm-hmm. I feel like T- TLC. Uh, mm-hmm. If I had to pick a song, um, mm-hmm. thinking TLC. But I I feel like TLC is like '80s and '90s. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about they have this song called What About Your Friends which is like really cool and fun <laughs> and funky and so I think our home school our unschool uh, journey kind of represents that like what about your friends like what you got going on what you doing look at what we're doing over here you, oh. you, you know it's like that type of vibe <laughs> wow, wow. well it goes with the name <laughs> yes yes awesome so uh, feel free to share your contact information and let our listeners know where they can reach out to you at, and how they can join the Brainy Chef Club because we're coming over to join. So I want our listeners to join too. Great. Thank you. 
So you can find me on um, the link tree. Um, I believe I gave you the, the link. Um, hopefully um, you'll be able to put it on the, on the on the podcast. But on the link tree, which is link tree slash the Brainy Chef Club, link tree slash the Brainy Chef Club, and they have all the links there. So on there, you can actually download a free lesson plan. Um, the most delicious lesson you're going to have in science ever. Um, you can download that um, to make the um, delicious shortcut short cross pastry pies, savory pies at home. The, the recipes in there are for those who eat meat and eat chicken, and also for vegans and vegetarians. So it's all in there. And you can do that, and there's some um, worksheets and activities that go with that lesson plan that you can complete. And also, we are on Telegram as the Brain Chef Club on Telegram, and also I have a group on a club rather on Clubhouse called the God Purpose Homeschoolers God Purpose Homeschooler and you can find me there as well I'm currently with the British Chef Club um, we're running a special one year celebration promotion because the business is a year old this week and um, so until the end of September um, membership the annual membership is better than half price it's, it's like I don't know 45% or you know of the regular price it would have been so um, we're running that promotion until the end of september um otherwise you can just join um, on the monthly and come join and be part of our fun and delicious family awesome well congratulations and happy one year to Karini chef club thank I you love so it. much i love it i love it we absolutely will be joining you guys this fall and thank can't you. wait to just See what's happening and learn about some culture and geography and good food and good eating and yes. it's it's gonna be especially amazing for me because maybe my son can now cook and I don't have to cook at all. <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm speaking about the culture, but we we do do culture a lot because um in February we did um Black History Month USA and we did a lot of um food from um. Um, African American and food culture, and then in October we did Black History Month UK, and we did a lot of food from um, you know Nigerian, Ghanaian um, culture, food culture as well. So there is a lot of like um, culture integrated in there with the food, and yeah, so it's a lot of fun. And we did jollof rice, which is amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I, yeah, I love yeah. it. We absolutely will be there to join. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us today and tuning into this episode. It was so great to chat about the Brainy Chef Club as well as the Shepherd's Soup Kitchen and Faith and so much more. And thank you so much, Ms. Maria, for joining us. Listeners, please please reach out to Ms. Maria at her um, social media pages and YouTube channel and all of that good stuff and check out her website and link tree. And remember to subscribe to the Friends of Cabrini podcast here on Spotify, as well as any of your other listening servers. Thank you so much. Until next time. Hey, friends. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Feel free to leave any questions with our podcast. And visit us online at friendsofcabrini.com. Until next time.